Welcome to Home Dad Chat, brought to you by the National At-Home Dad Network. My name is Brock. My name is Danny. And we are here to talk about life as stay-at-home dad. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. No, I don't want much. I even love handmade crafts made of macaroni. Come on now, you should know me. Sometimes I might eat too much. No worry about my weight, got the dad bod rocking on me. Sketches on my feet, cargo shorts look good on me. I'm a dad, that's what I do. Hey everybody, welcome back to Home Dad Chat. I am one of your hosts, Brock Lush. And with me tonight, of course, I've got Danny. How you doing tonight, Danny? Mm -hmm. I am doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. Good, man. Glad to hear it. And uh, tonight we're going to be uh, talking uh, cars. Uh, I'm really excited about it and not mm -hmm. the movie cars at all. We, we're going to be talking about American steel <laughs> and uh, lots of horsepower and, uh, you know, maybe that favorite car of yours or that dream car or maybe your first car that you uh, have some great memories about. So uh, we'll be talking about all that. And we have a really special guest. Uh, we've got Marcus Cope and Marcus is a part of the National At Home Dad closed group. And we put out a call to see if anybody wanted to talk about cars and he uh, accepted the offer to come on the show. So we're really happy to have him on. How are you doing today, Marcus? Doing fantastic. I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me. Awesome. Definitely. And uh, Danny, I'm going to let you kind of take this, man. You, you guys have been talking and uh, I, I feel like you, uh, you, you're at the starting line of all this. So uh, you get to rev the engines and, uh, and take off first. Nice. I see what you did there. Although you did say, you did say cars for a minute there and not the movie. And I went, oh, can we talk about that though? Because, you know, I've only seen that <laughs> 700 times. That's what so, everybody tuned in for. That's right. Only, only we're if we're going to be expected. talking from click and clack. That's the only way I'm going to talk about car, <laughs> car talk. <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Um, so, uh, Marcus, I, I hope we don't build you up too much here, because um, I just want to say uh, when uh, Marcus and I talked originally, he was one of several uh, dads that I talked to. And just really more than anything else, rather than just like looking for someone that's got a lot of technical knowledge or someone that has owned like all the big cars or, you know, I, I had a car shop before I became a dad or anything like that. And I did talk to some dads like that. And we've got stories of those guys coming up. But uh, realistically, just wanted somebody that had enthusiasm. And we had you and we had another dad lined up he unfortunately got sick and you know that is what it is uh, mm -hmm. especially in this job you know there's not a lot of uh, a lot of us that can't get who don't get sick at least once a year and honestly canceling a podcast at uh, you know eight o'clock at night is probably easier than anything else you had to do during the day um, <laughs> so if you had to cancel one thing you know well, you can't cancel the kids or the food or the laundry mm -hmm. or anything else, so that's it so, um, so Marcus, I want to just first ask you a little bit about your, uh, your kids being a stay-at-home dad, how long you've been a stay-at-home dad and, uh, how old your kids are and all those pertinent details. Okay. Um, I have been a stay-at-home dad now just nicely three years. Um, it was, I, I left my career in April of 18, um, to be a stay-at-home parent to, um, my three stepchildren and, uh, twin 11-year-olds, um, boy and a girl, um, who are both affected with autism, then an eight-year-old uh, boy um, who's neurotypical. Um, and so, yeah, I've been doing that, been doing that about three years now. So it's been quite a, quite a switch for me, but it's been very gratifying. Yeah. Nice. What were you doing before that? Uh, I was a respiratory therapist. Um, I had been in that field since 94. Um, wow. When I left uh, the hospital that I worked for, I was the education coordinator for that uh, for the for that 
hospital's respiratory therapy department. Very cool. And uh, so this is much easier, right? This is like nothing now. It's like, hey, I can do this all day, right? Well, Danny's got jokes. (laughs) Danny does have jokes. It's true. It's true. Yeah, no, it's, um, you know, and the, the hysterical thing is, is I've never been like a great kid person, particularly younger kids. Um, and you know, when I came on the scene with these guys, um, you know, the youngest who's now eight, he was like four at the time. So it's been a big, big learning curve for me. It's, it's been a real blessing. It was one of those things where, you know, when it became apparent to my wife and I, that this is what we were going to do, I still couldn't believe like, this can't be a good idea. Why do I feel compelled that this is what I'm supposed to be doing? But it's, it's worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Generally, once we hit our, hit our foot or get our footing and feet underneath us and, and start just you get your pace, then you, it gets a little bit easier, especially if the kids are a little bit older, but um, anytime with twins, um, I, I mean, every dad that I've talked to that has twins, I just, I've got nothing to compare to. Um, but then also too, that you said one was neurotypical, but the other two with autism. Um, that's also just even more to add to your plate. I want to say first kudos for, for picking up that heavy load and uh, making, honestly, I always call it the sacrifice that we do for our family, you know? Definitely. So I, I, now, appre- I appreciate that. Sure. Of course. Now um, we're going to talk cars and I know you've got a long history of, uh, of passion about cars. And I'd like to talk first about your, uh, where you first picked it up and who you picked it up from. And then I want to specifically get you to mention your subscription. Yeah. What is up with, yeah, go for let's, let's I'd like to do the whole thing. So if you would. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, I think my interest in cars was, uh, spurred on by my, my father. I'm an only child. You know, I was the only one that he had to kind of, to share this with. He was kind of a depression era child. I was a little bit older, but, uh, he had, he had a, he had a few cool cars. The the one uh, that I remember was when he was, uh, back when he was serving during Korea, he had, uh, an Austin Healey that he absolutely loved. But, you know, we, we were living out in the country and I think a lot out of necessity, um, a lot of the wrenching on the mechanical things around the house, whether it was, you know, the, the cars or the tractor or whatever, he was doing that. And uh, I got to be a part of it and pick up from it. So mm-hmm. were you the uh, hold the flashlight, hold the flat, hold the flat slap, hold the flashlight kid. Is that, is that where you were? Cause that's, that's where most of us were. I was the, I was the flashlight jockey. And <laughs> I remember to this day, you know, asking him like, you know, can, can you see, am I doing it right? And he would always just say, if you can see what I'm doing, I can see what I'm doing. That's a good nice. response. That's a really good response. Yeah, good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we mentioned the subscription, uh, talk a little bit about that, how, th- how that all kind of came about and how old you were. Gosh, let's see. I started subscribing to Car and Driver magazine. And the first issue I got was in 1985. And I was born at the end of 72. So I was like 11 or 12 years old. And how I got started with that was I remember when my mom, I mean, we lived out in the country, but when we went to town, we'd stop at the library. And of course, you know, the library had all their books, but they also had a big magazine rack. And an issue of Car and Driver magazine caught my attention with the picture on the cover. And for whatever reason, at 11 or 12 years old, I had an appreciation for the writing in it. Um, mm-hmm. 
I didn't like road and track. I didn't like motor trend. So motor trend was like a second to car and driver, but it did. I ended up taking later on, I ended up taking my allowance money and using it to subscribe to car and driver. And wow. that, that was the highlight of my month was, was getting the, the new issue of car and driver. I said, yeah. first issue I got, what was on the cover? That's cool. what, what was What was the first issue? The first issue was uh, when the Toyota MR2. Ooh, yeah. Actually, there's a dealership here in Cincinnati that I've bought my last two Toyotas from, and they have had an MR2 in their showroom for the past like five years. It's beautiful to go in there and look at. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was when uh, it was when the MR2 was first released, and you know all the hullabaloo was. The closest competitor at the time for the Pontiac Fiero. Yep. <laughs> oh man, the Fiero. Wow. Yeah, which, which really, I mean, in retrospect, to you know, to compare a Fiero and an MR2, physical similarities are there, but as far as like the dynamics, uh, the Fiero. Man, I remember there was a guy in high school, I think it was driving one and everyone was like, oh, what's that? What's that? Because at the time we didn't have any angles. None of the cars had angles of any kind. They were just squares or they were the old, old circles, but no, no like triangle shapes. So he was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The Fiero, the Fiero was like a, was a really cool looking car, but it was such a parts bin special. Yeah. Yeah. I I know a guy in my hometown who actually used the, um, the frame of a Fiero to build a kit car for a Lamborghini. I I believe that. I believe that. (laughs) I would love to see that. There was actually, um, back in the mid eighties, there was a, uh, there was like this little cottage industry car company called Zimmer. Yeah. Do you remember Zimmer? Yeah, I know that name. And the the car that they built was this God modified Fiero. If you look at pictures of it, I mean, the greenhouse and the sides and everything are all Fiero, but it's got this incredibly stretched nose. And but yeah, I, I don't, it didn't last long. I, I don't think there was much of a market for it. So, what was your first car that you owned? Um, I had a bright blue 1978 Chevy Chevette. Nice. Chevette. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I remember, <laughs> Ooh, nice background. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. What's your first um, car? But, uh, yeah. And I remember I bought it. I bought it with my own money. It was $500 and I bought it knowing that it had a transmission problem. It had, it had a three speed automatic and, it, it had this thing where if you took off and drive, it would rev out like crazy in first gear and would skip second completely. And- <laughs> <laughs> but if you started out in two, it would do the one, two shift. Nice. Nice. And then you bumped it up to drive and it would do the two, three shift. Of course. <laughs> and so I bought the thing immediately needed to have the transmission rebuilt on it, mm-hmm. which I remember back then, I think I paid less than $300 to have the transmission rebuilt, which wow. really dates me when you, when you think about now, like yes. a replacement transmission is like $4,000. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I switched my background to my first car, at least cl- one close to it. The one I had was actually a little more orange, um, but it was 10 oh. years old when I bought it in 1986. And it's a 1976 okay. Toyota Celica GT. And it was, to me, the greatest thing on wheels. I mean, just absolutely nothing else I want to drive ever, forever. Please let me have this. And my my mom actually had to go to a credit union and borrow. And it was a total of $750 for that car. Oh, wow. And um, and I 
my, I had a good friend that raced a lot. Him and his father raced in SCCA, um, sports car club of America. And they just do a lot of road racing and stuff. And, um, I drove with him all the time and I'll just, uh, he drove a, his everyday car was a Volkswagen GTI. Nice. Their race car. This will get to you, Brock was a rabbit, right? With a roll cage in it. it oh yeah. Bright orange. And it was bored out for nine to one compression. Oh my goodness. And the thing was just, he, he, he called me and he goes, Hey, and this was like, you have to be in the house to get a call. There were no cell phones. All right. He goes, Hey, I want you to go outside and stand in the driveway. I'm coming to get you. And I'm like, okay, sure, man, whatever. Um, Cause he'd pick me up all the time before I had a car. And I hear this airplane coming down the road. And I lived on this very long road out in the middle of nowhere. We had about 70 acres of old cow, you know, uh, pasture that was beside us. And he comes around that far, far corner about, I mean, he's probably a mile away. And I hear him go, what in the world? And he just comes roaring up. He pulls up, you know, comes around a little turnaround on the drive and pulls up and he goes, get in, man. My mom comes running out. She goes, whoa, 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 whoa. what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go with Neil and we're going to go drive around. It's fine. We'll be okay. He's just like. <laughs> is this your car? And she's looking at him like, I'll kill you. If you kill my son, I'll kill you. And you're all day. And uh, he's like, yeah, this is actually my, my dad and I's car. We, we use it on the track. It's got the roll bar. It's actually much safer than a regular cars. My mom was having none of it, but <laughs> she was fine. She's like, you know, she loves me. She goes, you go ahead and do it. And she said, go ahead and, you know, you go, you go, you do what you do. So I go and the door doesn't open because they're welded shut. And I had to go in through the window and she just, I mean, you can see her brain just exploding. And I'm like, go, man, go, 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 go. No, my mom is not going to have it. Go, go, go. We got to go now. Uh, but she's like, yeah, if you had not gone, I'd have stopped you. I'm like, you went in through the window. I was going to just go crazy. But anyway, <laughs> mine was the 76, I mean, the 80, yeah, the 76 Celica GT. And it was amazing. And I, I burnt the clutch out in under three weeks. <laughs> It was the, uh, it was the original clutch and I thought I was a race driver. No. And uh, I had to put a clutch, uh, a truck clutch in it. Um, after I burned out the second one, we put a truck clutch in it so that it, we hopefully wouldn't have that problem. And, you know, it lasted until the car died. So, but speaking of rabbits, Brock. Yeah. Well, speaking of burning clutches out <laughs> <laughs> the stories I could tell you. Uh, yeah. So my very first car was a 79 Volkswagen rabbit, uh, this one that I have in the picture here is the exact color of mine. Uh, it didn't have the, the flared out uh, wheel wells in it. You know, I had to learn how to drive stick and uh, that was an interesting thing. Um, but I burnt the clutch out in it. Uh, actually, when I put the new clutch in, I burnt reverse out and uh, ended up having to uh, basically open up the door and put my foot out and back out <laughs> of uh, parking spaces if I had to. So winning. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the, uh, I mean, I, I paid $300 for this car, so I was going to do whatever I had to, to keep it running until I could get something different, but I ended up the ignition switch, uh, the ignition went out on it and, uh, my uncles got together and we did a little hot wiring and put in some toggle switches. And so it was like flip toggle switches, turn the key, it turned on that worked for a while. And then those burn out and then it turned into put the car in neutral, uh, put the uh, emergency brake on, pop the hood, use a screwdriver, solenoid, start that bad boy up. And that's how I, I did it for a while as well. But the the car met its demise one night when I was out screwing around with some buddies and we TP'd uh, the house of one of the guys that helps out with our the youth group I was a part of. And he 
after we TP'd the house and dropped a pumpkin for the air horn in his semi truck at two o'clock in the morning that like, you know, just went off as we ran away and he chased us in the truck. I jumped a railroad track, Dukes of Hazard style, <laughs> Oh dear! landed it, got home and all four wheels just went, it was a straight Herbie type of deal. And I had just basically broke the entire frame and, uh, yeah, that was the end of that rabbit, but it was a glorious car. <laughs> I was going to say, it went out in a blaze of glory. It did. A glorious ending, really, yeah. A story that will never die. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so first cars are great, and I think we all probably have ones. I mean, generally, that first car is going to stay in your heart a little bit, I think, forever. But I didn't have to go through this, fortunately, but there is kind of a stereotype of the uh, the young uh, young man who has his hot rod and he has to get married and he's got to sell that car or get mm. a different car. He's got to step up to something else. Um, I didn't have that specifically because my car was a truck and all I did was I actually upgraded to a King cab. Um, and I'm, I never had a hot rod anyway. So I was good. Um, going from like a 92 Ford F two fifty to, uh, I think it was uh, early late 90 or early 2000, maybe uh, Chevy Silverado King cab. And it was beautiful and it was a Cadillac and I loved it. So I, I actually upgraded. Do you guys ever have let's start Marcus starts with you first. Did you have anything you had to give up when you got married for, for your kids? You know, for my kids. Yeah. I, I guess you could say there were two. I had a 2004 Jeep Wrangler unlimited and my I have I have three other kids from my first marriage. And at that time, I had twin boys and they were just nicely, I think about three. But I had that Wrangler. And back then, the Wrangler Unlimited, that was before it was like the big four-door model that we see now. It was, it was a regular Jeep Wrangler with just a stretched wheelbase. And I loved that thing. But one day I was driving home from work and it just, for some reason, dawned on me that you know, here I am, I'm a, I'm a husband, I'm a dad, I've got all these people I'm responsible to, and I'm driving around in something with doors that are about two inches thick, and nothing between my head and the pavement other than like a fabric Band-Aid. And um, I ended up, uh, I ended up trading that off for a nice, safe 2005 Honda Accord. That was, the, that was my, that was my daddy car and had all the airbags and, and all that. Later on, over the years, I've had a couple of Pontiac Firebirds and uh, probably about, I don't know, probably five years ago or so, um, I, I, got rid of, I got rid of the one that I had. I, needed to, I ended up selling it because I needed the money to take care of some medical bills for my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you had what you were the uh, Pontiac Firebirds? Um, I had the first one I had was a 94. And it was that god awful 3.4 V6 five speed. <laughs> and it was bright red and it had T tops. And I think I bought that in 95. You know, so, I mean, I was all like maybe 23 years old. I thought I was the man, you know, and I had always loved Firebirds and it was a miserable car to drive. It, the, the cowl was really high. The visibility was horrible and the, the shifter was really nice, but it had the, the clutch was awful. Yeah. In the entire time I owned it, I only owned it like nine months respectfully, but 
um, the entire time I owned it, I was never able to really drive it smoothly because of that clutch. Mm-hmm. Um, so later on, when I got another one, um, I did I did go ahead and I got the got the automatic. Nice. The nature of the car. Well, speaking about that style of car, like I would have to say that as far as like movie cars go, like the Trans Am from Smokey and the Bandit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, by far, hands down, one of my favorite movie cars of all time to yeah. be able to see. And I used to go to the Auburn Court Duesenberg Festival when I lived up in Northern Indiana, and every once in a while they would bring in different movie cars, and so it was fun to get to see stuff like that. But I did get to see the the Bandit car in person one time. That was really cool. <laughs> yeah, that's iconic. I'll throw myself under the bus. Um, you know what got me hooked on the Pontiac Firebird? Night Rider. No. Night Rider? Rider? Yeah, that'll do it. Yep. I won't lie. It was Night Rider. And after that, I was a Firebird guy. Yeah. Yeah. The other the, the other thing that I really liked was amazing. Kid was, <laughs> oh, yeah. Kit was amazing. Definitely. Not only, not only is it an amazing car, but also it's your best friend. Can't run. I love it. Stay with me forever, Kit. Anyway, go ahead. And it, was Mr. and it ended up being Mr. Feeney. <laughs> <laughs> That's the crazy part is Mr. Feeney. You had, you had, you had, you had Baywatch and Mr. Feeney all in the same. It was boy meets world meets Baywatch. What the heck? Nice. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, so like another old movie that I, I really enjoyed was a uh, Corvette summer when oh, I was, yeah. when I was a kid where they, where they steal like, so this is a movie that not many people remember. I, Danny's giving me that look yeah, like I've I know the name, but I don't remember the movie. And I basically this kid in high school, he builds this amazing cherry red Corvette and uh, basically someone steals it and then like parts it out and then they got to go like chase it down or something like that. And it's a it's a very interesting uh, movie from I believe it's from like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So you have to definitely check it out. It's 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 a good one and it, and it gets overlooked all the time. So but I remember watching that uh, when I was in high school quite a bit. So it was it's a good movie. So you. Um, you brought that up and I was thinking American graffiti. That was uh that was the one that was coming to my mind just from the scenes of that one. And that came out in 70, hey, hang on. I'll look it up. 73. Um, that's got all my yeah. favorite cars. Yeah, there. that was, yeah, that was just, yeah. I was way too young to see that movie when I saw it for sure, but it was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I grew up around car shows, man. It was like in the summertime, like that was what the weekends entailed was going to different places where there were car shows. It was usually like me and my dad and uh, my brother. And then I get like my uncles and my grandfathers would come with me and, you know, they tell stories about, oh yeah, I owned that car or that car. And like, I went to uh, the Auburn Court Duesenberg Festival with my great uncle one time and uh, we drove up in his, uh, gosh, what was that? A 68 uh, Malibu, I believe it was. And uh, it was awesome to get a drive up in that. And then we just walked around and he was like, your grand, he's like, your great grandpa owned that car and that one. And he just basically leased cars. Like he would just keep leasing all the time. And that was his way of getting a new car every time. And I was like, it was amazing. The laundry list of cars that he had. And I was just like, this is so cool. (laughs) Awesome. Well, talking about daily drivers, then because the cars we drive like on a regular basis are very important to us now i personally am a minivan guy i just got rid of my minivan got an upgrade i rock you shake your head all you want i love my minivan i will stand by it i would go you have more kids uh, than me so you have to have a minivan i mean even i don't i don't know how many i had when we got i think i had three at the time but yeah but still even if i had two i think i would still stick with it it's really really versatile so Yeah. yeah 
Well, you were talking about cars when you got married. Mm -hmm. So oh, I yeah. owned a, uh, an, I owned an 88 Royale, uh, an Oldsmobile. And uh, it was an awesome car, bench seats, loved it. The name of it was Goldie. All my cars had names for, I have names, names which is really funny. But um, so Goldie was its name. It ended up dying. And when we got, when I got married, my sister had a 1990 Geo Metro. <laughs> with like super low mileage on it. And uh, I needed a car bad because mine died. I needed something really quickly. And she was like, I don't need it. And like, she gave it to me. And nice. uh, that's what I basically drove around until uh, our first kid came around. So, you know, seven years or so that five, yeah, seven years was what it was. And um, I ended up selling it. Like I, I had had to reinforce the floorboards, uh, I had to do some reinforcement on the front part of the chassis. Uh, it actually needed a whole like uh, bar welded underneath it to like help it out. In the end, uh, I had someone give me a thousand dollars for the car because it was still solid, mm -hmm. even though all that was there. And it still had low miles. Like it had just over a hundred thousand miles when I sold it in like 2000 and 2012, I think, or something like that. So nice. for a night, have just over a hundred thousand miles on it. <laughs> Yeah, you're doing so, well. Yeah, so that that one's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Although it, it treated me well. And it got like 35 miles to the gallon. <laughs> so it was doing just it was doing better than most cars. <laughs> you got that going for you. So oh, I'm always about that. But you're, but you're you're not about the minivan. Not about the minivan. So I have uh I do have a Prius um that I've used for like Uber driving and stuff like that. And we just wanted something that was economy. And we had uh up until just a few weeks ago a Toyota RAV4, but we actually upgraded to a 2021 uh Toyota Highlander uh XLE and uh man, nice it's such a nice car and it's got so much room. It's got third row seating. So and we only have two kids, so it's perfect. They got captain seats and it's it's roomy and uh, it had like 20 miles when i rolled it off the uh the lot which was wow. ridiculous i've never had a car like that before yeah me either <laughs> that's cool so, congratulations so, brock do you know what had uh, a third row seat before the highlander did the oldsmobile uh bonneville i was thinking the minivan but okay <laughs> like like <laughs> every i only bring like every up. minivan well, right like all yeah, of well, them. i only bring that up i only bring that up because uh my uh, my good buddy, actually, his daily driver is an 81 Pontiac Bonneville station wagon. Nice. And uh, he it's actually was in the new uh, Wonder Woman movie that uh, just came out. So they were looking for cars for that age. And so he drove to Washington, D.C. and had the car in the movie. So it's kind of fun. Like there's a couple scenes where we're like, there's his car. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. I brush with, with fame. Yeah, no kidding. Well, he's been on a reality show with it too. So and he's a stay at home dad. So actually uh, for home dad con, uh, if you come to home dad con, he's going to be presenting on road tripping with your kids. And he has a, a teardrop trailer that he built. Uh, that's just like kind of the painted sort of the same color as the car. So you got that like matching of trailer and car, but he's planning on bringing it down to the convention so that when he does his talk, um, it'll be something where you can actually go outside and see his whole like setup for going on road trips with his family. I'm a little yeah. jealous. I don't know that I want a teardrop trailer, but I'm, I mean, cause too many kids, it would just be, there's not enough, there's not <laughs> a trailer there, but that's really awesome. That sounds cool. Yeah. What about you, Marcus? What's your daily? Uh, my daily is a 2010 Volkswagen Rutan minivan. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All the winning. Uh, and a lot of people aren't real familiar with it. It's actually, uh, there's very little Volkswagen to it. They didn't build it for a long time. It only ran from 09 to 14. 
And all it is really is a gussied up Chrysler town and country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it uh, Volkswagen didn't have anything to market in the van segment at that time. And Chrysler had some extra plant capacity. And so Volkswagen uh, contracted with Chrysler to build the Rutan and, and literally all the mechanicals, it's all Chrysler wow. changes to the nose changes, trim changes on the inside, but through and through it's, it's all Chrysler for good and bad. When people ask me about it and I explain it to them, I'm like, well, it, it's like a, it's like a Dodge grand caravan in drag. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I went and uh, just by memory, which is always bad for me, but I went by memory and looked it up. Uh, I think after we spoke the first time and I thought, well, it was a, Volkswagen Rattan, right? Yeah. So I, I pull it up and I just spell it from memory. I don't know. So um, just just so that we're, you know, this is a visual thing. Sorry for everybody that's just listening at home and doesn't have the uh, the video up, but I'm going to put this one up as my background for just a second. If it comes up, watch it not. It's not. Of course it's not. Now I look like a doofus. Great. But um, anyway, so they I put <laughs> Rattan, R-A-T-T-A-N, which is, of course, a type of like wicker furniture, right? And it literally has... <laughs> A little rattan Volkswagen, like the original bus uh, thing. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. huh, well, cool. Um, I know. I mean, who made that? Who went out and made like little rattan Volkswagens? All right, cool. Um, <laughs> but I eventually found the right one. R-O-U-T-A-N, I believe it was. Um, but it does look exactly like it. But like you said, there's just small little changes, especially to the nose, I think is the most obvious to me. Um, but yeah, I could barely tell the difference between you know that and our, our old uh, our old caravan. I think it's interesting that you see you see vans like that nowadays, like the Rattan and uh, the Volkswagen buses, and even like you see it in with like the transit vans and stuff that are newer, where people are actually turning them into like the vehicle that they take and like just completely change the interior on, like you know, so it's livable. So they've got like showers and beds and you know like cooking space, and, and it's you know they travel the country in those i i I find it interesting like this kind of like the tiny house sort of side to what people are doing with those kind of vans nowadays Mm -hmm. yeah the the van life thing is super super big right now um i've always had a soft spot in my heart for vans so you know i've actually kind of watched the whole van life movement uh kind of grow over the last few years and now it's like a very trendy thing you know yeah have your converted your converted van and go park somewhere scenic and take photos and you know, just be fabulous. All the um, all the cool kids are doing it, so you're too old to do it now. Is that is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I'm feeling that actually. I'm feeling that it's it's just like uh, you whippersnappers. Right. <laughs> but uh, I I actually have I have another van. It's a '95 uh, Ford E150, so it's a full size van. The Econo line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> does it have the swivel? Does it have the swivel captain's chair? No, chairs? no, afraid not. Afraid <laughs> not. Oh, um, man. But you know, it's not the it's not the classic white creeper van. It's got a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's got you know you know women don't run when they see it running driving down the street. Free candy oh. sign on the side. Right. Yeah, yeah. Free free candy. <laughs> all I, yeah, I've heard all the jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, it's got windows and everything. And I actually I ended up uh, gutting it from the front passenger seats back and uh, convert to a camper. 
and my wife and I took uh, up to New York a few years ago. Nice. Yeah, I've, I've got a, I've got a big soft spot for vans. I'm a dork. That's cool. No, I mean like when my family owned an Econo line uh, when I was a kid, nice. and like I said, it, like it had the swivel captain's mm-hmm. chairs, and then it had a bench in the back, and the bench actually folded down into yeah. like a queen size bed. Yep. So it was uh, it was a super nice. We never ended up using it for that sort of like thing other than um it was kind of funny we came back from like a pacers game uh when i was younger and i remember all of us kids basically like putting it down like a bed and just like laying on and falling asleep while uh while the the dads were up in the front talking the entire time so uh it had its it had its uh uses which was nice get a cooler between the front seats and just oh yeah you (laughs) put a cool kind of hot dogs and cokes i swear yeah yeah there's so much room it's just pop pop yeah that's yeah. right pop soda exactly soda it's coke in it's well, coke in georgia y'all so the other thing with cars that i really like is uh the different shows that are out there nowadays mm-hmm. and there's so many especially now on like just all the like streaming stuff so danny and i were talking about the fact we're like you know the first one that most of us probably got into or saw was pit my ride mm-hmm. when, when that came out back in the day exhibit exhibit yeah and all the crazy stuff that he would pull off on you know surprising people but aside from that which was quite the wild show um there's some just really awesome ones out there where they're just showing like restoration of uh different vehicles so uh, i was telling him like i really like the the show rust riches um which is on netflix and basically it's where they take a car that's not worth a lot. They fix it up and then they trade it up for something else. And they keep trading up until they get like a car that will get them six figures at the end. And so it's a really neat series where they go after like in the first season, they go after a like concept Ford that there's only one of, and it's an interesting journey to watch how they, how they come about, like, you know, getting it and that kind of thing. Um, and then you have something as far crazy as the Rust Valley uh, restores up out of, I think they're out of Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think Canada. And, and this dude's got so many cars and he can't stop buying them. Like he's just addicted to buying cars, but he does some really awesome restorations along the way too, which is, is pretty neat. And he really loves it, which is just, that's what I like about it is you just, I mean, he's business wise. I mean, his like team and all like no you can't buy anymore don't buy anymore what are you doing buying horrible and he's like no i'm gonna buy three of these and it's just but he's just so passionate he loves it so much he just wants that car and he needs it in Mm -hmm. and he's got this just like valley full of old cars and they'll drive like the the their record truck down in there and like pull one out and i've got to move the bonneville to get to the this and i'm like wow i don't even remember that's there um and then he oh they're just breathtaking when he's done with them so the episode that I find the funniest is the one where the cliff, where all the cars are sitting, there's like this huge high cliff and you can see the trees and you can see the roots coming through. And they're like, we've got to do something about that cliff because if it comes down, it's going to crush like all these cars. And so they end up climbing up there and basically like start leveling trees out so that it basically doesn't take the whole cliff down on top of <laughs> just like like this is insane like you have all this weird space for stuff and all these cars everywhere so i mean he was he's at one point he's got like these storage units and he's like oh yeah like there's part of the car in there and there's part mm-hmm. of the car over there i think and if we dig through here we might find another it's like wow yeah. like your mind is one crazy rolodex yeah. and he <laughs> yes. keeps track of it but that's he car guys but that's it, car yeah. guys right mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm all for a gas monkey gas monkey garage just telling you yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm representing gotta say you don't know how much money they had to pay me to put a sign this big on me. Just saying. 
And for those that are just listening to the podcast, I'm just showing my shirt, but I'm fat. So it looks huge. That's the joke. You got it. Okay. No visual <laughs> needed. But anyway, oh my so um, I uh, really was from the very beginning wanted to talk about when we first came up with the idea of geeking out was to talk about our dream cars. Like mm. the like one or two, uh, I was I came in with just one, but uh, uh, Brock came in with two, and I'm like, oh, I got up my game here because he changed from cars to trucks. So that was I'm like, oh, you know, I do love. It's a different thing for me between like that dream car wouldn't be a truck; it would be my dream truck. It's a different like you know, you have a love of vans, I have a love of trucks, and just because of the utility of it all. So. Brock and I have already talked about ours uh, and Brock is popping his, his photo up already. Um, but uh, uh, Marcus, what is your dream car? If you had, and it's just for you, it does uh, there, you know, the stipulation is not for the family unless you that would be your dream car. And what would be like that one thing price doesn't matter. Time frame doesn't matter. What would it be? Do you think that you would have, you could have anything, you know, and you set the bar so high and my, and my response is going to be just so low. You know, it comes back to my, my fascination with the Firebirds. I have always thought that the third generation Firebirds, mm-hmm. best looking thing ever, the, the ones that ran from 82 to 90, and okay. particularly the ones like 82, 83, before they, they kind of started adding extra stuff. Yeah, yeah cladding and stuff like that so you know if i could have somewhere between like an 82 and an 84 trans am the the body style of the 82s it was just so clean um i thought they were gorgeous but the powertrains were crap you know the hottest thing you could get was a i think it was like a fuel injected 305 and it only came with an automatic and it gave you a rip roaring like 165 horsepower um, the, the engines didn't start getting interesting in those until around 84, 85, um, where they started making some real power, but definitely early eighties Trans Am. Nice. I like it. Nice. I like it a lot. That sounds awesome. <laughs> That's a car that I definitely saw around a lot when I was a kid. So they're so disco. <laughs> hey, it's all good. <laughs> so my picture here, I've got a, a 1954, uh, Chevy Stepside. Um, I've always just loved the Chevy Stepside. I've always thought it's just a beautiful design of a car and or truck. And it, it has that sort of car front to it in a way too, of like just the old, like almost like a Studebaker style of nose to it in a way. Um, but just the lines on it and uh, the way that it just sort of like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's elegant and also shows that it's got a little bit of uh, just something hiding underneath the hood that uh, you might not expect. So, um, and I'm always a sucker for white wall tires. Uh, so <laughs> I thought that was, that was the one thing. And like, we were talking about the movie cars, like that was the one thing in the movie cars. I really love that. Like he ended up getting white wall tires at like the yeah, end yeah. of it, just because of like being out there at radiator Springs. So I was just like, yeah, man, that's cool. That's <laughs> definitely cool. Yeah, And it's definitely a style too, that you just, I mean, as soon as you see one, it just changes everything about even, even for, you know, lightning McQueen, but also any vehicle that has them. It's just classy. Oh, yeah. It's just classy. Just looks good. That's the one thing when I'm watching car shows, my wife and I'll be like, all right, are they going to put white walls on it? That car really needs white walls. So, yeah. <laughs> they, well, they do. Now for me, since you showed your truck and again, I didn't come in with a truck cause that wasn't my thought, but um, well, as soon as you went, oh, 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 we're going to show trucks. Cause I have a truck. I would take a 46 ish. 
um, power wagon, Dodge power wagon in almost any drivable shape. Um, the, the one that I've got a picture of, of course, off the internet and it's like beautiful and refurbished and beautiful color and just all that. I, I wouldn't need it. It could be painted rust. I don't mind. Uh, just They're a tank, man. They They're are. Awesome. Yeah, and I just love the utility of it. Just the sheer, the sheer beefy. Well, I want to go do this thing, you know, whatever it is. I need to pull my house off the foundation. Okay. Let me hook my truck up, you know, right. um, just get anywhere, do anything. The one that's pictured, I think is a four door. And I'm like, wow. So we could put like almost everybody in there and put someone in the back and we're fine. You know, um, not a car that I would practically drive now with all the kids and whatever, but if it were just me, this would probably be my one. If I were like living in the, preferably in the woods or the mountains or something where I was out and had a little bit of territory to run over. So, well, there's a, uh, so there's the show, uh, mountain men. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a guy who he chases, uh, cougars out of different like farmers territories. And that's what he drives is a, a Dodge power wagon. And that thing he can take at pretty much anywhere. And I mean, honestly, like those things are pretty close to indestructible in a lot of ways, other than the fact that like, you know, their parts are a little hard to come by. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the truck that won the war for, I feel like in a lot of ways for, for world war two. So like, yeah, that's a gorgeous truck. Good pick on that one. And you sir now have a, I know what it is. So this, but. Yeah. Th- this car is by far like the car when everybody's like, what's your dream car? What's the one car that you would buy if you had the opportunity for me, it would be this 57 Chevy Bel Air. Um, I, in this color, um, which I didn't think I'd find, which is the metallic blue. Um, it's just a gorgeous, this one's been re, uh, you can tell this one's been redone, uh, from being like the, the, um, factory, uh, colors, that kind of thing, but it's, uh, it's gorgeous. And, uh, it's that car, you know, you're just like, you think about America, American graffiti, like this is a car is. from American graffiti, uh, or Greece, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I love the show. I love the movie Greece. So mm-hmm. Greece lightning, that kind of thing. But yeah, so the 57 Chevy Bel Air is definitely uh, the car that I really like. My dad actually had um, a Bel Air. And by the time he had gotten done with the point where he had to get rid of it, he said it was five different colors <laughs> <laughs> because of all the stuff. Like he broke, he had like busted the doghouse on it. And uh, apparently it was the doghouse. Uh, he forgot that he had his door open and put it in reverse and he slapped the door to the front corner panel. And so he had to replace both of those. And so those were different colors. <laughs> this is a bad, bad situation for a kid. You know, he's like just trying to keep his car real nice. <laughs> It's like the swatch nice. car. Right. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I will say for mine, and I'm going to switch gears here from the power wagon and because I really like switching gears. I prefer an automatic, uh, I mean, a manual over an automatic hands down. And this is a 1965 Shelby Daytona coupe. And it is to me, the hottest car that I've ever seen. I've never driven one. I have been close to them and I've seen them go flying by me on the road. And again, you know, if money were no object and it was just me, I would definitely go for the 65 Daytona coupe. It is just speed on wheels. I mean, it just, it's Mm. raring to go and it's even with the kit cars. And that's probably if I ever did get one, get like a uh, FFR um, what's called factory five racing and apologize to any fans. I can't remember names, but the FFRs are cheap ish. And you get to pick your kind of engine that you want in it and see what you want to do. But even just the stock is just so fast. 
you know, and uh, they, they pulled him off this, I think, to go to the GT40, which was just a huge speed monster as well. But this one comes down to almost no practicality. There's no practical reason for me to want that car. That's just straight up. It just, it takes my breath away when I see it. So gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. That's that one is, I, I like that one a lot, man. That's, that is a really pretty car. <laughs> she's, she's real nice. That car reminds me of like uh sort of like the Shelby, uh, you know, Cobra, that Shelby style. Yeah. The, yeah, the Cobra, Cobra is my probably second favorite. I had a friend, well, the guy that rose, uh, raced the, the rabbit with his dad, his dad came, pick him up at school in a, in a Cobra. And he's like, Hey daddy, you got to come to come to my dad's school to pick me up. I'm like, I don't want to stand here and watch your dad pick you up. And he's just like, and you know, and it's not Georgia legal at the time. So they, they had the side mufflers on it, of course, but they weren't muffled at all. And they're spitting fire. And that's the first time in my life that I ever saw something backfire. And I'm like, Oh, Oh, is it going to, what is it? Is it going to blow up? And he's like, you can't ride in it. It was just first. You're not, my dad's not going to let you ride it. Don't even ask. But if you ever did, you can't wear shorts because when you get out, you'll burn your legs on those side pipes. And I went, wow, how do you know that? And he's like, yeah, I burned my legs on those side pipes getting out, <laughs> you know, but just seeing that thing come yeah. up. And that was my favorite for a long time. And then saw the coupe. And I went, yeah, I'm much more of a, a hatchback kind of uh, car person than a convertible. I would rather have that, you know, the, the slope look of it or what have you. So, but anyway, yeah. I'll, I'll gush on that one all day. So stop me, Brock. Talk about your car, man. No, no, you're fine. Well, before that, I was going to say like, you know, that all that reminds me of the fact that the show of uh, the movie uh, Ford versus uh, Ferrari that came out mm-hmm. and uh, just, I loved watch watching that. And it was cool how they got, uh, they consulted with uh, the son of, uh, I don't know if it was Shelby or, it was the other driver. I can't think of his name. Um, but yeah, like he, they had him as a cons, a consultant on the the movie set for a lot of it. So, cause it was his story and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's a great, like I had, I waited till that came actually just on the like streaming to get to watch it. It was, it was so good. Um, it would have been neat to have seen in the movie theater though. Cause just the amount of speed and everything in it. Um, but yeah, the car here, uh, this, so this car has got a lot of different storyline to it. Um, basically this, car which is a uh i think it's a 54 volkswagen bug uh i like this car because this is the original uh bumblebee mm-hmm. uh and so from the from the cartoon and then of course when they did the movie they did an homage to it uh by having him be a bug uh at the beginning of the movie and so it was really neat to just kind of see that but i've always liked this car it's just super laid back uh it's got a sweet sewing machine sound to the engine um which is really neat and uh i've got a neighbor down the street that actually owns a couple of them and this one here specifically um is the color that a buddy of mine in high school had and so i have very fond memories of riding around in this almost exactly the same (laughs) uh bug uh just in high school and just cruising uh when most people don't even know what cruising is anymore so (laughs) That's awesome. But uh, <laughs> just, you know, we, we did the full on like American graffiti style of life when I was a kid. Cause I lived in a small town and we actually had a cruising, uh, like lane or like a cruising section. So you'd go downtown and head uptown and hang out like across from the football field and the mall parking lot. And, you know, the cops would come up and say stuff and then you take off and head back down or whatever and keep rolling and, you know, running through the McDonald's drive through and all that fun stuff for a night. Those were Friday, our Friday and Saturday nights growing up. See and be seen. Right. Exactly. Rolling around in, you know, El Camino's just hanging out in the back of them, that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. (laughs) 
Yeah. Rolling around in my 76 Toyota GT. Yeah. Okay. There you go. You got Maybe it, it wasn't as cool as I thought it was, but I thought it was cool. So that's what counts. <laughs> At that time, I owned a 78 Malibu with my dad. So that was fun to drive around to. Nice. A uh, big one. It had a nice small block engine in it. I yeah. liked it a lot. <laughs> I, remember cool. when I, was, I remember when I was in high school, I graduated in 91. When I was in high school, um, the must have car for all the guys was a mid 70s Cutlass Supreme. Oh, yeah. Every everybody wanted a Cutlass Supreme, and there were there were a number of them in the in the school parking lot. My brother owned one. It was tan, but yeah, it was my grandmother's car, and okay. um, and he had I don't know he wrecked his car or whatever. We wrecked a lot of cars in those days, um, and so he came home with uh, my granddaddy. Is uh, I said is that is that granddaddy's car? And he looked at me like, don't call it that. That's my car. Look at it. Everybody <laughs> wants one of these. I'm like, I don't want one of those. You go ahead, man. And he's like, it's a great car. I'm like, no, nah, I don't want it as big. And no, I get my Toyota and we'll race. If there's curves, I win. If there's no curves, he wins. But, you know, but yeah, I remember that he had his, his, his Cutlass Supreme and it was just like the coolest thing at school. Everybody wanted to hang out with him. And he was like, yeah, I got this thing. I'm like, mm, no, man, I'm cool. <laughs> Do your thing. Go cruise somewhere. Go find a mall. Well, hey, we're up against the wall on time tonight for uh, for this, so we're going to cut it short. But uh, uh, Marcus, man, it was fun to get to talk to you about cars. Uh, and honestly, uh, I hope that you eventually get the uh, the Firebird that you're you're wanting, man, because uh, it sounds like uh, it would definitely be the car to kind of retire on, and you and the wife get to enjoy some time with. So hopefully, down the road, that's something that uh, that you get to accomplish as a goal. Yeah, I appreciate that. The the missus has her heart set on a on an emerald green Mustang GT convertible, and I, I think she's going to get that first. She yeah. she she's, she deserves it. That's a that's an awesome car too, man. Yeah, that's yeah, hard to argue I mean, with. <laughs> yeah, that is hard to argue. Very much so. I love that. I love that color too. The emerald green. You don't see that very often, so that's cool. But cool, man. Well, hey, thanks for so much for coming on the show. Uh, like I said, it was a pleasure getting to talk with you. And uh, for anybody that's uh, listening, um, I know that you're probably wondering if uh, there's a winner for the uh, the last episode that we did with Star Wars. And honestly, nobody's answered the question yet. So. If you uh, haven't had a chance to listen to the Star Wars episode, go back and listen to it and answer the question and you have a chance at winning uh, two Star Wars action figures that Art Eddie sent to me to uh, to give to uh, one lucky winner. So go check that out. But uh, until then... Mid condition uh, we'll... in the package. Yeah, in case there's a collector yeah, the out there package. that means something. So. Yep, they are. It's... Brock has not pulled them out and played with them. They're not like, oh, I love you, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's left them in the package. <laughs> No, this is not Spaceballs. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Your helmet, it's so big. It's so big. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's a great place to end on. So <laughs> y'all have a great night. We'll talk to y'all yeah. in, uh, real soon. Good night, Bye now. Good night. I'm a dad, that's what I do.